1: Listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Pastor Scott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the Pastor Scott Show. It is Friday. That means open line Friday, 888 528 2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about i got a screen on here with the news and in Sherman Oaks there's a geyser, a water main break right in the middle of a neighborhood, just shooting water all over the place so if you 're in the uh, that area of Sherman Oaks, uh, you know uh, just be aware of that there 's massive amount of water uh, flowing down the streets and everywhere uh, and if you live there, you probably have some water pressure problems, I would imagine. Uh, crazy stuff happening like that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. We'll take your calls on any subject. Let's go to Eric in Hollywood. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Eric, still with us? Yes, I'm. I'm here. Go ahead, Eric. Hello.
3: Yes. Uh, you know what, Pastor Scott?
2: I, uh, when I was a
3: uh, young man, I was very influenced by heavy metal music and punk rock and. And that was one of the reasons why I deviated from Christianity.
4: Mm. Uh,
5: as,
3: I, as an adult, I came back to Christ, and I gave myself up to Him, and I decided to give up all the worldly things, including that music. So my question is to you, as a reborn Christian, and I'm, is a Christian still allowed to listen to that music, wor- the worldly music that basically is anti-Christ, and still be okay to listen to that kind of music and think it's okay because. Uh, I believe that it's it's not okay. Well, it effect so it
2: affected understand. you, didn't it? So, how did it pull you away from the faith? Was it just the Was it a lifestyle that came along with it, or was it a message that was in the songs themselves?
3: Well, at the time, I wasn't that strong in my faith, since my mother and brother were very tough on me with uh, with with their faith. And I just when I heard the music, it was just like a it's like a liberation. Like, yeah, you know what? It was like a time to rebel against everything that my mother and brother basically raised me with Mm. and i decided to go on my own path because that's what the music was it was very angry it was very um uh, how can i say it It, it's it was powerful but in a negative way yeah so now as i I see that it was just basically it was just a time of rebellion in that music influenced me to rebel against my family and against christ and it's all satanically influenced I mean, all the lyrics of, like, for example, a Black Sabbath song is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to talk anything uh, worthy of Christ. But I'm just saying that that music is very negative. I could t- tell you hip hop or I could tell you or, or if, any any music that comes from Hollywood nowadays is, is satanically influenced. So I'm wondering if. Yeah. I, I have friends that are that I have friends that are Christian and Catholic and other you know faith based religions, and they still listen to that. And when I bring that up, it's one of those topics that they don't want to talk about it because that's the music they like. And who am I to judge them for that?
2: All right, that's a great question, Eric. You know, one of the things that uh, crosses my mind here is that you, as a Christian today, you've given your life to the Lord, and now you look back at that music and you see it differently, don't you? I do. You you see it for, you know, part of what happens a lot in popular music uh, today is it's, it is rebellious, right? It's teaching. Um, and some of the songs that we have now, I mean, they're just foul, pornographic. I mean, it's shocking. If you don't know the lyrics to some of the songs your kids are listening to, you will be stunned um, at the topics that are there and what it means. Part of Part of, I think, maturing in Christ is that you're able to look back at other things with a new lens, and you can see things for what they are. Does that make sense? And so part of what you're experiencing in your faith is that you can look back at some of the music that you liked and you enjoyed for different reasons, but you realize now, hey, that influenced me, and it influenced me negatively, And, you know, what I would say for people is that with whatever you're looking at in art or culture or music or movies or other stuff, there is certainly uh, things that as believers, I believe, that we shouldn't be listening to. Things that are just corrupting and particularly uh, some of the the foul stuff that's there. But if we have to listen to it or it's just part of a rotation of different things that you're hearing, you have to look at everything through the lens of the gospel, and you have to ask, what is this doing to me or kids, you know, or other people? What is the message of this song or this movie? And, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that I think has an interesting message that it's fine to listen to as uh, as believers, but you still look at that through a, a, a gospel lens and to say, what is this song about? Is it a real human emotion? Is it you know, how would this person who wrote that song or who's hearing the song and enjoying it, you know, how do I, you know, how does Christ fit into it? There's, with everything, I think that you can take a a, a biblical lens to it, but you want to tune your heart to the Lord, and, you know, I think you've got to do that. Does that make sense?
3: It does, and uh, well, I guess I just have to pray for these individuals, because, um, I mean, I, I try to tell them, and I, they're basically, I guess they didn't have the same negative outlook on that type of music like I see now and they I guess it didn't influence them as 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 negatively as it did me mm-hmm. so for me to tell them about it they're like no it doesn't do that to me i it's, it's just the music i grew up with as a kid it's nostalgic and it's it's fun it's the music i grew up with so if they're that much in love with it um I mean, I I can't basically tell them yeah. to turn off the radio. And, you know what? And, and
2: I would say the, to to, have to encourage them to look through it as a from a gospel lens, and it might be true. They're not affected. Not everybody was affected the same way as you. But I think that there is a a you know, and they're affected by other things that don't affect you also, right? Everybody's got a different area of struggle or weakness. You know, First Corinthians fifteen says, "Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character." And yeah. I think that includes not just people, but the things that we surround us with. I mean, if you are always listening to uh, sexualized music and watching, uh, you know, movies that are, you know, many people are are uh, influenced by the violence of movies or the violence of video games and maybe the power of, uh, the, of rebellion that's a big thing, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a significant influence, and if you don't realize that, then you are in jeopardy, I think, of having a negative influence. It's a scary thing that pop culture raises our kids. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Eric, thanks for that call. I would always look through things at the from the lens of the gospel and let other people kind of look at it that way. You know, I've been thinking about this, actually, because uh, Sinead O'Connor, if you remember her, she died yesterday. And, you know, what's she famous for? There's a lot of news about her and it's interesting because I think she really only had one big hit. Nothing compares to you. But what is she really known for? She's known for going on Saturday Night Live and singing a song and ripping up a picture of the Pope. And it was kind of this angry, you know, uh, gesture. And, uh, and that's that made a lot of news. I think it defined her and her career in some ways. We don't know why she passed away. Some people think suicide, but nobody really knows that for sure. But... You know, I'm looking at this, she was only 56, and I'm saying, you know, instead of celebrating her for that display of anger on a comedy show, we should have been worried about her. You know, looking at pop culture, movies, or music through a biblical lens, through a gospel lens, also means that we're worried about that person who might be performing that song. Like, why do you think that's okay? Okay. I mean, some of the stuff today, I literally can't do the lyrics. I used to read lyrics to songs uh, if I'm doing a dating series or something, and I would talk about how, you know, I'd read the lyrics to I'm in the mood for love. You know, an old song, 50s and 60s, Frank Sinatra would sing it, some other people. You know, what's that song about? Well, you know, I'm in the mood for love. It doesn't take long to figure out what that song is about, right? But you view that song kind of in a romantic way. And then I would read the lyrics of Donna Summers' Hot Stuff. You know that song from the 70s? I Want Some Hot Stuff, Baby, Tonight. Hot, 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 stuff, stuff, stuff. And it's hilarious just to read it. And people laugh, right? And what's that song about? Well, it's not too hard to figure that out either. And then I would read something that was a little more current. And there's a few different things to choose from. I couldn't, and the, now those songs were pretty harsh and just openly blatant about sex and it was very not romantic it was just you know it was just provocative and rude and people would be kind of stunned because often i think people don't think about what is being sung and there's stuff today that is so bad uh that you can't even read it We can't i can't even understand how it's even played and they win grammys right that our our culture i don't know that that the art is always influencing the culture. I think it's circular because it wouldn't be written and it wouldn't be published. It wouldn't be produced if there wasn't a market for it to make money. And we got to be aware of the fact that these things are happening because there's a market uh, for them. And we got to pray for the artists. We got to pray for the writers and we got to pray for all the people listening. If people say they're not influenced, I bet they know all the words. I bet they do. I bet we know the words uh, a lot more than we think. Uh, to things. Uh, Music is powerful that way. That's why, that's why we sing in church. That's why sometimes you hear a song that meant something to you in church and you hear it and it causes you all kinds of emotion because you, it's powerful and it can have a positive effect or a negative effect. So, you know, I think you've got to make sure you're not sinning, you know, by participating in certain things, but even songs that are just, you know, normal songs uh, that probably aren't a sin; they're just songs. I think that's fine. I'm sure that that Christians are allowed to uh, sing music and have fun with songs, but you still have to look through it from a gospel lens. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. BJ, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
6: Pastor Hart, how are you today? This is BJ Douglas, your buddy. I'm here live at the Bull Restaurant in Manhattan Beach, and you know what I'm celebrating today? What's that? Your birthday tomorrow. Here to say happy birthday to Pastor Scott. You're the great. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Pastor Scott. Scott.
2: Well, thank you. My birthday's not tomorrow, but it is. Uh, it's August sixth. August sixth is my birthday.
6: Oh you know, they've got you've got to look up. Um, uh, what is that? Um, Wikipedia. They've got you scheduled on August twenty ninth. Really? Um, am no, I? Am no, I on Wikipedia?
2: No, no. I better check that out.
6: <laughs> yeah, says, no, July twenty ninth.
2: Oh well, see, that's the trouble with Wikipedia is uh you can't uh you can't always trust the details on there but I appreciate the happy birthday and the fact of the matter is is I am already getting emails from all kinds of places from like my free dessert or my free appetizer and it's good for a month <laughs> so I'm I'm, really I'm I'm going to use it all
6: well, when is your birthday
2: it's August 6th
6: oh how could they mess up that
2: well it's wikipedia you just can't trust it you know but uh, we can also right. go change it i better check that out BJ.
6: What we need to do, we need to do next year. You, 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 we should have a, a party for you. I mean, this, this this boa restaurant would be a good place um, to have it. We should have a big, big party. What's for the
2: you. name of the restaurant?
6: Boa Steakhouse in Manhattan Beach.
2: Okay, that sounds really good to me. So, uh, yeah, we can work that out. Remember, uh, you, my wife, makes sure that I understand that she has a birthday month. And I don't usually, uh, you know, need that. But for the case of having a birthday steak dinner, I can move my birthday next year to the 29th of July or the 29th of August or the 29th of December if that's the best date for you. That's fine with me. And
6: you've you, you got to look at that Wikipedia thing because, um, you know, I, I've been waiting for like for two weeks to say this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I better yeah, look that up because
6: and, um, yeah. you know you you are a comedian. I I turn on your show just because I know I'm gonna laugh. And um when I listen to you and Carlos, I'm just like rolling on the on the floor with
2: you Well, thank you. I appreciate that, BJ. Well thank I mean, you yeah, for sorry. the birthday wishes and, uh, and I will God bless, you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. 888-528-2557 uh, yeah, I have an August birthday. My my dad's birthday is August second, and my sister's birthday is August fourth, and mine is August sixth. And uh, we uh, we'd go to when I was a kid, we went to Disneyland sometimes for uh, birthday week. We would call it my family family. And uh, you know, we might be uh, at Disneyland on the fourth, and then again on the fifth, and then on the sixth, we were just tired. So there was a lot of family tired days and driving home uh, on my birthday. Uh, But it was always good. 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
7: Yes, sir, Pastor Scott, Ted City, the Angels, how are you today? I'm
2: fine. How are you?
7: Good, good. I just wanted to respond. I know a lot of people were were hurt, including me, about what they did at Chavez Ravine. Yeah. And uh, I I feel that, uh, look, they've opened up another opportunity for Christians to come in and and bring the Holy Spirit in as uh, a counterattack on the devil. And I'm going to be there Sunday.
2: Are you going? Master, All right.
7: I, I'm going to be there. It's only my third time. I, I was there as a child, like I told you, um, at 13 with my best friend, his cousin, and my father. And then at late 20s, I was there one time. And uh, this will be my third time in child is I'll be there. Not alone, because I'm going to bring Jesus with me, but I will be sitting alone on an end uh, aisle because i got long legs. You and,
2: you grew uh, up in uh, California, right, here in L.A.? Yes, sir. You've only been to uh, Dodger Stadium three times?
7: Well, I'll tell you the story behind it. I, I played for the Kenmore Pirates as a youth one year after i had already played three years for the Venice Bulldogs, Pop Warner. And uh, I was... Uh, basically the only white kid on the team and I got a resentment because they didn't pay enough attention to me All oh, poor me and they stuffed me out in uh, uh, what is it right field or left field what do they call it when you're behind first base That's right, field. right and I was out there and I just felt like they didn't pay any attention to me and uh, so I got a resentment and it wasn't because I didn't like baseball but all I told my dad was I don't like baseball my dad never pushed me
4: And I just continued
7: with football. But I always loved baseball. I loved everything Tommy Lasorda and uh, um, Fernando Valenzuela. I mean, all these greats. I I, I always loved the the Dodgers.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're going to be there. Uh, I'm uh, not going to be there, actually, because I'm going out to uh, Phoenix to beat the Heat apparently. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, my dad is retiring on Sunday. So uh, we're going out there for that. Otherwise, I, I probably would have come. Thanks for calling Ted and uh, for saying that, you know, the, uh, the Dodger controversy is significant, major national coverage of that. Um, and I know it's, um, it's something that has, I think, just bothered all of us. And you know, part of it is just why do I even have to deal with that with my sports with anything, right? Don't get political, don't do stuff. I'd rather they do nothing. Just have the game and bring back the old Dodger dogs. Do that, please. But, uh, you know, maybe there's also an opportunity for people to learn things. And as Ted said there, you know, they they used to do the faith and family game all the time. They haven't done it since COVID. You know, a lot of things just went away at the COVID, so they haven't done it since 2019 uh they are bringing it back and it's an opportunity for you to bring your kids or your non-Christian friend who might really need to hear the testimony of somebody that they like like Clayton Kershaw we're going to replay the Clayton Kershaw interview that we did on the show uh here at the end of the hour and you know at some point you've got to say you know let's make the best of this and let's see what they do next year you know or you know our, it's a it's not a church Uh, As much as Tommy Lasorda used to uh, really maintain that Tommy Lasorda, or that God bleeds Dodger blue, uh, and he was the great Dodger in the sky, and all of those kinds of things, you know, which, uh, you know, I grew up with that, uh, thinking that it's not really true. It's not how it works. I'm positive that that God likes baseball, although I can't quite point to that in the scriptures. Um, But I would say that. Let's pray for this Sunday that whatever the case may be with the Dodgers, that there's an opportunity here. Maybe it's opened up the door to a biggest one. Kershaw says it's the biggest one they've done. So uh, I think that's what he said. We'll hear it in a few minutes. And you know what? There's an opportunity for people to come to Christ, and that's a good thing. So let's let's pray that that occurs. All right, Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557, open line Friday, You can call about whatever it is you'd like. Penny in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
8: Hi, Pastor
2: Scott, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Penny?
8: Yeah, fine. Um, you know, I just wanted to get your opinion on the song um, Hotel California by the Eagles. You
2: mean the song? Yeah.
8: The song Hotel California. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. What's my opinion about it?
8: Yeah. What do you think it's uh, about?
2: Well, I haven't really studied the song, you know, off the top of my head. You know, I think that, you know, most people think it is an allegory of self-destruction and greed and maybe, you know, hedonism or some other things uh, that was happening in the music industry. Um, And that's what a lot of people think that song's about. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't studied it.
8: Yeah, I just wondered, because... Somebody told me it was about a a, a, a gang in prison in a, ga- a gang. You know, there's then,
2: all I know is that there's a lot of different uh, interpretations of that song, and I don't know for sure if anybody's got the right one.
8: Yeah, because I've you know listened to the words and I've asked people. You know, it's it, it's kind of a I'm not big on rock and roll, so but it's kind of a um, pretty song. I don't know. You know, the the harmony part, the harmony. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, the the caller we had a few minutes ago who was talking about whether or not we should listen to, you know, music uh, that's not Christian music, for example, Uh, part of what you need to do is understand what that song's about. What's it communicating to you? You know, the reason, I think, to get into to really know what the lyrics are, even of old songs like that, is because if it's got a melody that you like, that's what tends to make songs popular is the melody. And then the message gets sneaked in there, Right. Um, and you know, I think that there's part of being a mature Christian, even just a mature person where Uh we recognize when we're hearing a story, whether we're watching a movie or it's in a song or a book we're reading, you know, that there are things being communicated by that story. It's not just about the pretty music, you know, it's, there's a, there's a, there's something being communicated. That's why it's so emotional. That's why it's so impactful. And I think if we're going to be mature about things, it's worth investigating. Some songs like that, you know, I think people might disagree about what it means, although I think everybody agrees that it's referring to something bad, right? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I got to go to a break, Penny. Thank you for your call. This is the Pastor Scott Show Open Line Friday. <laughs> I'll be back as the Friday edition continues Stay tuned
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now At pastorscott at kkla.com Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show
2: Open line Friday, 888-528-2557. We'll talk about what you want to talk about, 888-528-2557. Carlos, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
5: Hi, Pastor.
2: Hi, Carlos. How, How are you? Are you? It?
5: It's be, it's me again, huh? All right.
2: <laughs> well, You don't
5: remember. Anyway. Good
2: to have you, Carlos.
5: Well, about those kids, children, they don't need words. They will learn, so whatever you you know, like that person who was listening, he was listening to the words, that's why he was you know
2: you but mean the the songs, the uh, lyrics and songs, yeah. yeah,
5: yeah, but if they're surrounded with adults that do more action rather than words, they will grow up, you know,
2: yeah, I think if people are taught to pay attention to what things mean that there's a deeper meaning then that's part of maturity.
5: Right. So, uh, what,
2: what's on your mind today, Carlos?
5: And about your birthday, you're a lucky guy.
2: Well, thank Although,
5: you. I'll be talking in parables. August is 8, because there were only eight people in the ark. Six God created human on the sixth day. Lucky, huh?
2: I guess so, you my birthday dead. August. You know, I looked it up and I am not there. So I'm thinking that and if you're still listening, um maybe you don't have my name right or maybe I can't find it. Send me an email so I can find it. Scott uh pastor scott at kkla.com. Uh well, mm-hmm. I appreciate all that Carlos and uh, did you have another comment or is that it? That's it. All right, Carlos, don't you have you a next week. I hope You so. have a great like weekend. Keeping... Thanks for listening, Carlos. Appreciate it very much. Uh, is it Kathy or Catchkey? How do I say your name from Whittier?
8: Yes, it's Kathy.
2: Oh, Kathy! Hi, Kathy.
8: Yes, and and um, yeah. Happy birthday!
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank, you know, I, maybe I'm gonna get like a free Grand Slam every month now. It's just always my birthday.
8: Well, I agree with your wife. It's birthday month,
6: so,
2: yeah. so get
8: as much out of it as you can. Yeah, right. I think that's great yeah a <laughs> <laughs> good idea yeah so um, so I just have a question since you are um a pastor yeah. um we had um a, our our pastor did a series, and there was a panel did a panel discussion one Sunday evening on sexuality and um I was so distressed when I left um I very very upset because there was no mention of God's word. There was um, no mention of God or Jesus or, you know, how God redeems our sexuality and what a wonderful, amazing gift it is that he's given to us. There was just no godly perspective and there was no hope. And I, I wrote notes and, um, you know, no no, no God's Word, no Jesus, no hope. And um, so what I'm wanting to know from you is... Um, I, I've talked to some friends and um, some really good godly friends who are familiar with different issues of sexuality, and um, I want to know the best way to approach him, my mm-hmm. pastor, yeah, and talk to him. And I, you know, I'm 72. Um, I know I sound younger. I was going to say um, you're
2: you're not 27. I think you're <laughs> dyslexic. Is what you are. <laughs>
8: and um i I want to come across as you know positive and and loving and caring and someone who wants to come alongside because he's young. Yeah. he's a young guy, sure uh, he's a young pastor, and I talked with someone in um there there another thing that really disturbed me that no hope was offered. I can list like eight people who have come out of a lifestyle that God has redeemed and there are wonderful books to read and there are mm. podcasts to listen to and hear people share their testimonies of what God has done. So yeah, so was his house. was
2: his message um you're saying he didn't provide any hope so there was like no gospel, it was sort of hey if you're this you're his, doomed?
8: His message in the morning was great.
2: Uh-huh. It was
8: I mean it could have it could have been um, a little more thorough.
2: Yeah, but the panel um, you thought uh, but would you say that what he panel, was? Yeah, so you the didn't panel feel like in the evening. You didn't feel like uh, it presented a a, no. a biblical point of view.
8: No, in fact, there was even a question about what would you do. Somebody they took questions from the audience from yeah. the congregation, and one of the questions was if if someone um, who was gay and identified as a gay Christian wanted to join your church would you um, accept them you know and let them join your church and i thought and and the pastor was right there and he didn't say a word he let three people on the panel answered and one guy particularly answered and it's like if someone wanted to join the church and they were living with their girlfriend you know or they mm-hmm. were in an adulterous affair you would have them deal with the sin and get right with the lord. I mean I'm I'm studying Romans right now mm-hmm. and there's all these wonderful, you know, do not let sin control the way you live and anyway, just over and over there's hope, God is bigger than yeah. homosexuality, he's bigger than the trans lifestyle. So why didn't they present some of this positive information and also resources So they didn't for present families?
2: they didn't present anything that would no. say that would treat that person the same as somebody having an affair or another uh, issue.
8: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would. I would go sit down and see what he thinks. You know, sometimes a panel discussions are, especially if you liked his morning sermon, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and that subject, you, you know, I don't. I'm not trying to make an excuse because I don't know where they're coming from at all. It's a subject mm-hmm. that the church, capital C Church, uh, is wrestling with the right answer because you, you yeah. want to take the scriptures for what they say and for mm-hmm. the, particularly the era that we live in where there is major consequences happening to because our sexual ethic is all messed up. Yeah, uh, And I think also by pointing out that, you know, when Jesus is talking about, you know, it's interesting, there'll be an argument that some people will say that Jesus never talked about homosexuality, so it may not be wrong. But the problem is that Jesus did talk about sexual immorality, and in all of the Bible and in all of history, homosexuality is included in that. So for sure he talked about yeah. it. But what he didn't yeah. do was call it out as something worse than adultery. Right. Right. And right. you know, I think that's something that in the church we've gotten wrong is we'll take certain sins and say this somehow is worse than this other one. Um, when the Bible doesn't really mm-hmm. say that exactly.
8: No. Um no. you know, and
2: and that, that particular sin there are there are passages, okay, that, that pull that one out specifically and talk about it. But, you know, I would say you should ask him if Jesus if a person confesses their sin and is really working to repent. Uh, Is that possible for whether it's a gay person or somebody struggling with something else and see what he Mm -hmm. says and, you know, encourage him to include that part. If you're going to have a subject on that complicated of an issue, then you need to have a biblical response ready to go. And you, you can't, I think as the pastor, you can't leave that one to the rest of your panel. I think you've got to have right. an answer prepared. That might be the the well, what I would say is in as an older person, you know, I think you can encourage him that way. It's a scary subject, you know, uh and you can get it wrong in all sorts of directions. And you know, that would be what I would say is you know, as the pastor, okay. you're the one called to give us a biblical understanding that involves the word grace um but also a call to repentance. Yes. Yeah. Does yes. that help you? Okay. Yeah, I would encourage yeah. him that way. It's hard to know without knowing him or where he's coming from, but um, in a kind way, personally, you just say, "Hey, this it would have been better if you had had that ready to go."
8: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And, and find out but what he thinks. need hope, and people are they are struggling. And, and
2: everybody so needs hope. Do. Yeah, I'm about out of time yeah. here, Kathy, but you, you're right that the message of hope, like it's. The gospel is good news. That's, it's good news. It's not just news and it's not mediocre news. It's good news for all who hear it. That if you come to Christ, you're forgiven. You get to have eternal life. Uh, There's a call to repentance that's a part of that. There's a call to, you know, uh, in your life what it means, but it matters. I've got to go, Kathy. It's a good question, and I encourage you just to go talk to him. All right, when we come back, we're going to uh, replay our interview with Dodger pitcher Clayton Kershaw about Faith and Family Night. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Friday edition. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back, everybody.
2: Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. One of the things that's coming up here that I always enjoyed doing was the Faith and Family Night at Dodger Stadium. I know they do them at a lot of Major League ballparks. And uh, here to talk about this is Clayton Kershaw. He is a 10-time All-Star, three-time National League and Cy Young Award winner and 2014 Most Valuable Player and uh, World Series Champion in 2020. Clayton Kershaw, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
4: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Hey, it's great to have you on. Uh, how is the shoulder? Can I ask you that as we start up?
4: Uh, yeah, it's doing better. We're uh, we're gonna start building up here soon, and you know the whole deal with starting pitchers is you gotta you gotta just keep building up innings. So yeah, um, after you sit out for a little bit, yeah, so we're on the up and up. We're on the you know we're on the uphill climb a bit, and should be should be back here sooner rather than later.
2: Well, I understand that. I got a question for you. What did you want to be when you grew up?
4: I think. I've answered that baseball player. Um, maybe first, maybe first baseman. Uh, Love playing first base growing up. So, I think I, I think I might have had to switch positions along the way. But yeah, definitely uh, definitely baseball was the
2: favorite. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that worked out for me. I was saying earlier that uh, I wanted to be a baseball player, but uh, that didn't work out. Except <laughs> I might be able to play for the A's. <laughs> you know, these days. Well, you know so, what? Uh, tell me about uh, your family. Dodgers faith and Christian faith and family day is coming up this Sunday. The game's at one o'clock. You know, it's a it's a good family day. I've been to those before. You're, you know, how old are your kids? You got four kids now.
4: Yeah, we got four. Our oldest is a daughter. She's eight. And then the three boys are six, three and one. So uh, it's a lot of fun. This, this summer has been a lot of fun, especially kind of a rock star and traveling around with us. And so we've gotten to see some cool cities. We just did a a road trip from Seattle to New York, to Baltimore, to Texas, back to LA. So um, it was nice to get back last night, sleep on our own bed, but uh, great memories for the kids, especially my oldest too. And getting to take my oldest son to the baseball field now and kind of let him hang around some of the guys and uh, have some of those interactions that um, I think now are be, he's old enough now to have those memories and, um, that's that's special, man. That's that's yeah. why you get to hang around as a dad in the game, and uh, it's been a new new thing for me, and it's been awesome.
2: That's really cool. You know, when you think of uh, yourself as a dad, you know, you're always going to be dad to your kids beyond uh, wherever your career takes you in baseball. What's what are your biggest hopes for your kids? Maybe biggest concerns these days for your kids as a dad.
4: Well, you know, I I think obviously we have so many concerns nowadays of what um can happen to one of our kids and um just everything's starting younger everything is starting um just at such a young age with mm. different technologies with the phones with all these different things and so my wife and i talk about it as best we can and i don't know if there's any right answer but i think the best thing for us is just try to be as together as a family um as much as we can you know and um obviously as they get older their outside influences will be more and more prevalent on their lives so hopefully be surrounding ourselves with people that um will teach them the values that we would want them to teach and families with that would do the same um and at the same time getting them out of their comfort zone i think has been great and i think that's what's been fun about this baseball trip is they've gotten to see so many different cities they've gotten to be in so many different places and see how different different types of people uh handle their days and i, I just think that uh that's invaluable life lessons, too, because, uh, you know, we don't want to live um, in a bubble. We want to see what's out there and we want to be able to, to help where we can. And So um, I think all those different factors, but ultimately, man, just being with them, spending time with them and um, trying to raise them to be uh, men of God, really is the most important thing
2: you know, and that's awesome. You know, I've got two kids, they're 14 and 11 and, you know, I'll tell you what, it goes fast. It goes super yeah. fast. You start to, you don't want to do it, but you start counting the, the days, you know, pretty soon. You know, how did you come to faith in Christ?
4: Uh, you know, it was the typical, like family went to church all the time and I didn't really want to be there. And, uh, you, I were, you, you, you were drugged to it. church. You had a drug problem. Yeah. Mom yeah and, uh, and, um Really, that happened, and I'm thankful for the community I grew up, and I still live there now. That's a, The church culture is still a big part there, and um, it was kind of like, that's just what you did. You went to church, which I think is great, but at some point, you have to make it your own, and you have to start asking questions, and if you have to start um, really kind of diving into the Word and figuring out what this Jesus person meant in your life, and is, is it true? Is his story true? And if his story is true, how does that affect your life? And so I, I kind of went through those questions. Uh, probably sophomore, junior, high school, I would say, was like kind of the bigger transition in my life, and um, really started making my faith my own, and um, really trying to understand what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, and um, yeah, I just tried to progress from there as best you can.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Dodger pitcher Clayton Kershaw. You're, you know do you have an opportunity to talk about faith with your kids? Do you feel like they're getting old enough to uh, have those conversations with you and your wife, your wife, Ellen, and uh, you, um, you also have a foundation that you're doing a lot of good stuff with.
4: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's all encompassing. You know, obviously you want to talk about it and you want to tell them what we believe, why we believe and get those seeds planted in their heads. And uh, hopefully they can kind of come to it on their own or have different questions for us, which they do. They have a lot of great questions that, I can't necessarily answer all the time. Charlie asked me today, "Who made God?" and I was like, "Well, you know, Charlie, that's a big question. I'm not sure if I can answer that for you right now." But uh, you know, just different stuff like that. That's uh, that's been really fun and uh, really good for their brains and their souls to think about. And um, I think the foundation really helps with that too, because we get to get to be a part of some some of these different organizations that are doing some amazing things around our communities. Um, that we get to be a part of, and we get to tell them why we get to be a part of this, and um, they take ownership of that. They love being there, they love helping, and to the few things that they've gotten to go to, and um, this backpack giveaway that we're about to do at the Dream Center here in LA, they uh, they're always huge into that. They love being able to hand out backpacks, and it's just uh, it's just a really cool day all the way around.
2: It's so important to bring your kids to that. Your your foundation is called the Kershaw's Challenge. Is it a foundation? Is that what you call it?
4: Uh, our nonprofit no is problem. Kershaw's Challenge. So we have a 501c3 called Kershaw's Challenge where, you know, we raise money for different beneficiaries across the country, even around the world. And then every year we, uh, you know, reimburse uh, or distribute all the money and start at zero again and find different beneficiaries. That's kind of our model. And then, um, yeah, Kershaw Foundation is just Ellen a nice private foundation that we, we use if we see something that we, we feel really called to give to.
2: Well, thank you for doing that. I think it's a a great ministry, a great way to leverage uh, what God has blessed you with in Major League Baseball and for your family. I know it matters uh, tremendously to bring your kids uh, to that, to be a part of that with you and your wife. Uh, you said that you, you really made your faith your own in uh, high school, high school age. Coming up this Sunday is uh, Dodgers Faith and Family, Christian Faith and Family Night. And, you know, I think that my experience in being a pastor for a lot of years and with my own kids and going myself is there's something great about this event because your your kids or maybe somebody who's struggling with faith, they get to hear – the gospel from somebody who's not related to you, maybe somebody they look up to.
4: Yeah. And I think that's the coolest part too, is uh, we're going to have our chaplain, Brandon Cash is going to be there to kind of oversee and help help us ask questions to get us started. Cause obviously we're not pastors and that's not our strong suit. Um, we can't give any sermons. And, um, but I think being real and honest about our walks as Christian men that happen to play baseball uh, is relatable because mm. I think, um, In all facets of our jobs, of our lives, um, there's different things with the Christian faith that we might not be, um, we might need help with. You know, and, you know, it's for me if, like, I've been on a road trip for 10 days and it's been late nights, early morning, game after game, and haven't been able to read my Bible or just something like that. It's like everybody can relate to something that's a challenge. And um, I think having us come up there, some of the baseball guys, and just kind of explaining, How how much of a blessing it is to be able to play baseball and the platform that we've been given to be able to talk about Jesus, but also kind of how we handle the day-to-day struggles and the pressures. Because you know, for a lot of these young guys, it's you know it's make or break every time they go up to the plate and or every time they throw a pitch and um, how they handle that and how they use their faith to handle that. Um, I know a lot of people are going through a lot more life-or-death situations in the world too that can maybe we can help with that as well.
2: I think uh that that story, it's something that I want people to think about. They can get tickets on uh, Dodgers.com, the uh, Major League Baseball website for Sunday's game. It's the Christian Faith and Family Day at Dodgers Stadium. Sunday, the game's at one ten against the Reds. And uh, there'll be pre- and post-game performances, so people should know that. Post-game programming is going to be hosted by team chaplain Brandon Cash. And player testimonials and Jeremy Camp will be singing before and after. So you need to get there early. Uh, gates will open a couple hours ahead. What are you looking forward to the most for Sunday?
4: Well, this is probably the biggest one we're going to have because we're going to have uh, giveaways. We're going to have hats with uh, like a, a little cross logo and a John three sixteen. So we have a giveaway now. We have Jeremy Camp, obviously performing, who's an amazing Christian artist who I'm really excited to hear. And um, so it's it's going to be bigger and better than it has in years past. And um, ultimately, I think. For me, just being able to hear some of my teammates go up there, it's not an easy thing for some people. You know, being a Christian is sometimes very um, quiet for a lot of people. They don't necessarily want to have it out in the world. And I think it's a big step for a lot of us. And so I'm really excited for for them to be able to profess their faith, talk about it, um, maybe comment on some of the struggles that they've had and how they've overcome them in the game and um, potentially help. Help maybe one or two people in the in the stands. That's that's the goal, and that's uh, that's an exciting thing to be a part of.
2: I think that's uh, really fantastic. My guest is Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers Christian Faith and Family Day is this Sunday. Uh, Clayton, how can we best pray for you and your family and for this event on Sunday?
4: Yeah, I think just praying for the event and making it um, what, making it be how God would want it to be. You know, we don't want to take it in any different ways. We don't want anybody else to get the. Uh, the glory or get any uh, type of, you know, good job or anything like this. This is only for um, so God's name can be spoken and that people can hear it and that maybe we can bring a few people closer to him.
2: All right. Well, my guest is Clayton Kershaw. Clayton, I want to thank you for being here with me. And uh, before you go, I just want to pray for you and the event. And uh, I'm reminded, and I am I have this temptation, but my youth pastor growing up uh, got in trouble and he got in trouble by my dad, who was the pastor. Because during church he prayed for the Dodgers to win their games
4: <laughs>
2: and i 'm tempted, but i i won 't do that as much as a fan uh, as I am, but let me let me pray for you uh, God thank you for Clayton and for his wife Ellen, for their kids, and how you've blessed their life. Thank you that you're using him to leverage all of that for the sake of others in so many ways through his charities and We pray for this Sunday that this event would be one that is life-changing for people who go, that people who are listening now would be thinking, I should bring somebody who you've brought to to mind or maybe bring themself to get some hope to get a perspective from uh, somebody who they look up to in a different way uh, because they share their faith in this way. I pray that you uh, uh, just be with Clayton and his family uh, and uh, everybody who will be participating in this on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Clayton, thanks Mm -hmm. for being with us today on the Pastor Scott Show. Looking forward to seeing you back on the mound soon.
4: Okay, appreciate it.
2: Thank you, man. All right, God bless you. All right, my guest is Clayton Kershaw. Christian Faith and Family Night is this Sunday, July 30th. The game is at 110. You can get tickets at Dodgers.com. And uh, you can... Uh, get there early. Jeremy Camp will be singing before the uh, game and also after the game. And after the game, there's post-game programming hosted by team chaplain Brandon Cash. And there'll be player testimonials and uh, another Jeremy Camp musical performance. everybody, thank you for listening to the Pastor Scott Show. You can get our podcast by going to Spotify, looking for the Pastor Scott Show. You can also go to the radio station website, go to keyword Scott, and you'll find the information about our show and how you can connect. I want to encourage you to tell your friends about the Pastor Scott Show. You can link them directly to our show at those websites or the podcast, and you can also send me an email at pastorscott at kkla.com. All right, God bless you. We're on every weekday from three to five live And I look forward to chatting with you then. Have a great day